beautiful, um, gracious way in which you have created us and your wonderful love that you show towards us, um, not only through our salvation, but that you're working everything out for our good, those of us who love you and are called according to your purpose. And in all of this, we, we uh, struggle, Lord. We know this world is, is fallen and, and evil exists. And sadly, Lord, we, we've, we could see that every day if we would see all the news in the world or even in the United States. Um, so we, we uh, look to you, Lord, and uh, we know that you are doing uh, your plan is perfect and you are doing what is the best for us. And in the midst of it, we know you've called us to live for you. And so we ask that you would help us and our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world to continue to stand up for you and the truth of the gospel and uh, that we would all stand up for one another and for those who even maybe hate us. And so... Lord, help us to understand the conflict, but also know how to move forward within the conflict and the battle. And um, thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. I do thank the Lord for the time that we have together. And so as we come and we're going to look at this passage, I want to go back to Romans twelve twenty one and encourage you to see how we're to conquer evil. We're to conquer evil with good, right? And this might be a little bit of a confusing title for Memorial Day weekend where uh, tomorrow we recognize not only our loved ones who have passed away, but more importantly, those who have given their lives for, um, as I said before, um, to preserve our Constitution that, that, that gives us the freedoms where we're, we don't have to worry like our, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ overseas who... or. <laughs> mainly overseas, who are suffering because of their faith, because of persecution. And it may be a very unpopular statement, but we, we do have a battle today that is just as crucial as the battle of Midway or as important as the battle was when our soldiers, our troops, stormed the beaches of Normandy. Numerous battles and numerous wars. We as believers, we are in a battle today that is just as crucial, just as important. John, again, John fifteen thirteen states, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And I think it's important for us as believers as, as this church family, I mean, I, th- I hope and I pray, I think we're pretty solid in understanding Scripture. Um, and I think most of us, I believe most of us would lay our lives down if it came to that. Are we willing to do that in the sense that we give up our time? Even if we live to be a hundred are we willing to sacrifice our time in obedience to our Savior in love for others? 
And I want to challenge you today that we would all let love reign to prevail over evil. We have to be people who love Jesus first and others second. And just as if we were to consider World War II, any war really, there were multiple fronts. And some would argue that we were more focused upon the European front than we were upon the Pacific. But both fronts were crucial to the success of our nation in overcoming the enemy. And just as there are multiple fronts in every war, there are multiple fronts for us today. I want to just consider two fronts that we have to fight on. And it always has to begin in our own lives because we can look out to the world and think, you know, those people are so messed up or that person was really messed up and we don't have that problem here. Or people in our community, they're very sinful, but I don't have that problem. But no, we have to start at home. We have to start with ourselves. So we have to consider our pers- the personal front of the war. And so I want to challenge you as we begin to look at this that we would consider the personal front, which means that we ourselves would continue to shun evil. That we would shun evil. And when we consider that, I think it's important, more important that we understand that we are to hate what is evil. We are to hate evil. We find in Psalm 97, uh, verse Psalm 97, verse 10, that it says, Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. And when we have described what evil is, evil is really, I mean, it's sin to the nth degree in our minds, but really it's to choose otherwise or to choose something other than God. And there's variations if we would go back to the message a month ago or whenever it was and look at what it all means to, to have evil, to do evil. But we're to hate in this sense, to hate what is wrong, what is sinful, what is destructive, Anything contrary to what God would want us to do. Because you'll see in this verse, we could just look at this verse and say, well, what is evil? Well, evil is to not love the Lord and to do something that's opposite of what the Lord would want us to do. So we are to hate evil and love the Lord. If we love the Lord, we will, we will not only hate evil, but we will want to flee evil. Psalm 119, 101. In Psalm 119, it's a psalm all about loving the Word of God. To knowing the Word of God, or really, we could probably even say the Torah, to, to reflect and focus and, and center our, our lives upon what God had given as commands and what God had promised and what God had ensured and what, how God wanted us and wants us to live our lives. So in Psalm 119, when it's talking about how much we should love the Word of God, it says, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your Word. And so what, what is opposite of evil? It's to keep God's Word, right? 
So if we're going to keep God's word, then we won't want to do evil. Our feet won't go to evil. We won't desire to practice evil. We will want to do what God wants us to do. We will seek to follow him. Psalm 1, Psalm 4, uh, pardon me, the whole book. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Psalms, it's Proverbs. Proverbs 4.14 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not proceed in the way of evil men. And so we could be influenced by the word of God and we can be influenced by people who love the Lord and love the word of God or we could be influenced by others who do not care about God, who want to do things their way as mankind has always wanted to do even from the beginning of time saying, well, God didn't really say that. I'm going to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And down through the generations, we have always had a tendency to turn away from God and do our own thing, which is evil. Don't follow the groups of people. Don't follow any person who would rather do something contrary to what the Word of God says. We need to be people who not only flee from evil, not only uh, desire to love the Lord and hate evil, but we will be willing to repent of evil. One of the main verses I want you to, to read and memorize it's not just Psalm or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but including verse 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And really love him with all your heart. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Because when we lean on our own understanding, when we think that we've got it figured out, we are more susceptible to allow our feet to follow the people who do what is wicked. And we are more susceptible, even if they aren't, that we would choose to do what's wrong, sinful, wicked, evil. In all of your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. And he will not direct your paths ever to what is sin, ever to what is wicked. He will never direct you to do what is evil. He will direct you to do the right thing, the good thing, the righteous thing. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Right? Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't think that you have it all figured out. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Repent. Turn away from. Depart from evil. And so I want to challenge you today when we look at this world, we need to start at home, start with our own lives. We need to shun evil and we need to love the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. To recognize that He is the one that we're accountable to. He is the one who will judge. He is the one that can do it now. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He is merciful. He is gracious. But He also will judge. And so we need to respect and have an understanding of the power, not only the magnificence and the holiness of God, but the power of God. And really, it's, you know, that respect is a healthy thing. When you're, when you're working with livestock, it's a, if you're working with a powerful animal, 
You may love that animal, but you're no, you know what you can do and can't do. Now, you might test the limits if you're breaking a, a horse or something, right? You might try to get them to be more compliant than they, they are, and they probably should be, right? But you're not going to do so, Hopefully, you're not. I have done stupid stuff, okay? I have put myself in really bad positions. But it doesn't mean that I don't love the critter right? We need to understand how great God is. Okay? Don't put yourself in a position where you will be righteously judged by God. So love the Lord, fear the Lord, and do good. Romans 12, 21. I keep coming back to this verse, right? Do not be overcome or conquered by evil, but overcome or conquer evil with the power of your own strength, right? Is that what it says? By doing what you want, but only more aggressively. No, to do, overcome it with good, to do good. What is good? Well, we know what is good. Fear the Lord, love the Lord, love others, Live out who you are. I love Ephesians. I love, you know, every book in the New Testament, especially the, the epistles there, we can look at and it talks about the position you have and then how you're to live it out. First Thessalonians 4 verse 7 says, For God has not called us to the purpose... Whoop, forgot I had that verse in there. <laughs> for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity but in sanctification. That is, He has not called us to go live our own lives the way we want, to do what we want. He has called us to be set apart for Him, which means that we live a life that is going to glorify Him. We are more like Christ. We are set apart for Him to do what He wants us to do, not what we want to do, to be different than the world that seeks its own way apart from God. We seek God's way. They seek to do their own thing. We seek to do what God wants. And so we're set apart and we're growing in Him. We look more like Christ. Be holy just as He is holy. As be more like Christ. We're to love the Lord, fear the Lord, do good, and we are people that need to continue to seek the Lord and understand. In Psalm 140, verse 1, it says, For the choir director, a psalm of David, rescue me, O Lord, from evil men, preserve me from violent men. Love the Lord, understand that personally we can love the Lord on the personal front, because he is the one who preserves and protects our lives, right? Now, we don't have the time. I kind of went through this with the Sunday school class, but Romans 8, 28 verse through 39, right? You're all very familiar with this passage, and many of us have memorized Romans 8, 28, but we need to remember it's in the whole scope of that whole passage. I love how it starts, and I think I've referred to this before in this series, right? Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and it goes on. It talks about the battle, but then it talks about how 
the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, and then Jesus intercedes for us, and then how God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose, his, his children. But it's not talking that he's going to keep us from persecution. He's not going to keep us from martyrdom. He's not going to keep us. I mean, if it's not our time, because the Lord says it's not our time, it's not our time. So we can live in confidence, can't we? But the good is eternal. Right? The good is the spiritual, that we will always have him with us. And Jesus intercedes for us, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, and then there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can happen to you outside of his will. And so we can trust in him. And I'm getting a little deeper into this than I want you, wanted to, but understand that we can trust God for, for protection. Therefore, we should love him. And so on the personal front, we can move forward confidently knowing if we seek the Lord, if we flee from evil, that the Lord will preserve us from evil. And we see that through, you know, voice of the martyrs and with the kids uh, of courage, right? Stand firm in the faith, right? Remember that, some of you? Yeah. That's our calling, to stand firm in the faith, which leads us away from personally falling into sin and committing evil. And we need to pray for the persecuted. We need to, to remember them as though we're with them through the suffering. But we know God will protect us. But we, in that passage, and I skipped over, we are willing to die for Him. Like sheep in the slaughterhouse, marching forward, unbeknownst to them. But we march forward knowing it could happen. Because we know he loves us and everything works out for our good. This week we're saddened again. We've seen in our nation due to um, racism. We've seen in our nation now again, again, and again. All of it under the banner of hatred. But we, we learned this week about what happened. Irma Garcia was a teacher for 23 years at Uvalde, I don't know how you say it, Uvalde, Texas, and she had been nominated to be a teacher of the year. A fourth grade survivor said that Irma and Eva, both teachers, had protect, sought to protect the kids, and Irma died shielding, and they both died, the kids. But she died shielding kids in her arms. She willingly gave up her life for the kids. It was more than her life, though. It's interesting, her husband of 24 years, Joe, passed away after uh, the service, funeral service, I believe. He had a heart attack, and uh, his friend said he, broke, he died of a broken heart. They had been married for 24 years, and now they leave behind four children. Evil 
has grave consequences. But it's important for those four children to know that God loves them. God loves us. And the Lord Jesus loves even even more than Joe loved Irma. He loves even those who have committed evil. And He wants them to know Him. And so when we consider those throughout the world who have been persecuted, we see that many of them have impacted uh, their persecutors for the gospel. And many persecutors have believed, just as Paul, a persecutor, believed in the Lord Jesus and found great salvation in him. Many have given up their lives, right, for this nation. Many had given up their lives for, for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that to conquer evil, we must cover it with good or we need to let love reign so that we can prevail over evil. Second, we must fight on on the societal front. That is, first, you know Psalm 1-1, correct? How many of you know Psalm 1-1? You shall not follow the mat. Oh, wait, that's the wrong verse. Psalm- <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're probably right over there. Somebody said, how blessed is a man or he who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. We are to guard ourselves. Guard ourselves from a society that's continually turning away, from a corrupt society that's turning away from the Lord. We're to guard ourselves, and we're to obey God, obey the law. Romans 13, after Romans 12, 21, you know what gets into? Politics, or maybe not politics. We're blessed to have politics. Did you know that? That we can engage in a, in a good debate to try to guide our nation to do what's right and to have the right laws. But once those laws are set, we're to obey them. Yeah, and specifically, in consideration to Romans 12.21 and the passage verses around Romans 12.21. What is evil? To take the life of others in hatred. That's evil. It is evil to steal. It is evil to do what you want at the expense of others. But we're to obey God. Right? And that begins by doing what he says, which means obeying the law and to love others. But we're not to seek to defeat evil with evil, but we're to conquer evil with good. And we're to remember that this is a spiritual battle that's taking place, Ephesians 6.10 and following. Correct? We must obey God. But then it comes to a point that if our society is so far from God and when it crosses over and it's asking us to do something contrary to what God wants us to do, Acts 5.21 says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. They were preaching in the temple, then they were arrested, then they were released, and then they were preaching in the temple and they 
were gathered and they said, what are you doing this for? We told you not to do this. Aren't you going to obey your spiritual leaders? All right, the Jewish religious leaders said it's better to obey God rather than men. So we must always obey God first. But we also need to defend truth and justice. We should be engaged in this discussion. Our nation needs believers who understand what truth is and to stand up for truth. Because we still have the opportunity to do so. And then Exodus, the one, next slide that I keep wanting to slide, go to. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil. Nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after a multitude in order to pervert justice. Don't give in to the masses. But sadly, with sin and the curse, with everything, it's a battle, isn't it? But first, we have to, start, we have to engage in the conflict on the home front in our own personal lives. We cannot let anything but the love of God guide us. We must be people filled with the Spirit of God. We must be people controlled by God, by God and not by our sinful fleshly desires. Second, we must love others and seek that, that which is good. Just laws and punishment, those are good things, right? And they keep evil people at bay. We pray. Yet when a society turns away from God and has no compass, we must stand up and point to what is true, what is right. And we have to stand up by doing what is good. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. I... Don't think, I do not agree with one side that think it's an inanimate objects is a problem. And I don't agree with the other side that thinks it's all mental problems. I think it's a breakdown of the family within our society. It is a breakdown of discipline. I remember when we had little kids and there was videos, and I don't think it was Facebook because I don't think we had Facebook yet. <laughs> But they thought it was so cute. Well, maybe we did. I don't know how, how else we would have seen it. Maybe it was on AFV, America's Funniest Home Videos, right? You remember that show? Anybody ever watch that show? Well, there's a kid throwing a fit and rolling around, and they just thought that was hilarious. That's where it begins. A lack of discipline and a lack of parents engaged in raising their children to know right from wrong, and to value, to value human life. Oh, it's a lot deeper than that. You can do the, all the right things, can't you, as parents? Well, I don't know. None of us are perfect, so I'm, I doubt any of us have done the, all the right things as parents. But you can seek to do all the right things. And your children can choose to sin. But there's a lot of problems in our nation. And how do we combat it? By seeking after the will of God. Seeking Him in His way. By letting love prevail. 
And it is loving to raise up children in the Lord with godly discipline. And it is especially loving to take in children that aren't your own to show them the love of the Lord through taking care of them. Whether you adopt or you're a foster parent or if they're your friend's kids or if they're kids in the community caring about them. And it is loving to take time to reach those who are hurting other adults that need help. Our nation needs the Lord and it begins with our loving acts of kindness to others. But we have to also stand up with the truth of the Word of God. It is evil what this young man did. It is evil what has happened time and time again on smaller scales. We need to stand up and point out how valuable each human life is and let people understand that even if they hate others, that life is still valuable. Of course, how hard is it to see through hatred, right? But we need to show them how to value life. We must let love reign to prevail over evil. Let's pray. Lord, um,